You are listening to Homeschool Parents Podcast, the podcast where we chat all about the family project of homeschooling. I'm Joy Cherick. You can find me at litandlilies.com. I'm joined by my husband, Kevin Cherick. He blogs at homeschoolexperiment.com. Okay, we are starting back up. We promised that we would answer three questions last time, and we ran out of time on the first question. So we're picking it back up with questions two and three from one of our listeners. How to find a homeschool community and choosing a curriculum that's right for your family. We're going to take these in reverse order and start with choosing the correct curriculum. But curriculum is a subset of your overarching philosophy. You can't choose the curriculum until you've decided what type of education you're going to be rolling out in your home, be it unschooling, traditional schooling at home, be it Charlotte Mason, be it classical or neoclassical, be it unit studies studies or whatever else you make up. Those are all going to dictate uh, your choices on what you're going to do that. So first you got to just research those philosophies and see what works. And the number one thing that I would say is this isn't a train. Like you're not going to get on the train and the rails, they're just going to go to the town you chose. This is like a boat. You're perfectly capable of changing course at any time. Do not feel like whatever you decide up front is what you're going to stick with for 12 years. Take it one day at a time. Feel free to experiment, change course as needed with each child individually or by child. You might have different strategies for each child. What do you have, Joy? Well, so this listener has a small child around the age of two. And so when you're starting out that early knowing that you're going to homeschool, you have a long runway to read a ton of philosophies and get fully acquainted with what you align with as a couple and what the mom or dad, whoever's implementing, is most comfortable with. So obviously, if you were the one doing homeschooling full-time, it would look quite different from since I'm the one doing it. So I landed at the Charlotte Mason method because it seemed to capture some of your um, desire for student, I don't want to say interest-led, but there is that component to it. But some of the John Holt ideas where you're considering the student's interests, their personality, their bent, I mean, you're really seeing them as a whole person. And then my desire for structure. So that's kind of how we landed there. Yeah, but I really, I really do like at at least the curriculum within the Charlotte Mason philosophy that you've chosen through Ambleside Online, which essentially is a great books curriculum with classical art study, nature study. I mean, it's just, I think that's a great grounding for moving forward and so one of the things that I think is most interesting about philosophy and getting into deciding your philosophy or figuring out what it is is 
that you can have an answer for why you are doing what you're doing within your homeschool. So a great example is foreign language. Now, we are not currently doing foreign language. However, it is something in my queue to get going again next year. And the reason I'm going to continue plugging away at foreign language is because of something that I read in the book Toward a Philosophy of Education, which is Charlotte Mason's sixth book. And what she said there about foreign language was, foreign language, you learn it so that you can be a a good citizen and a good neighbor. So in England, they would teach French because French was the closest neighbor or there were also some overlapping um, history with that particular language. Now, in America, you would you might choose Spanish, since Spanish is more prominent of a second language being spoken, you know, on our soil, and then of course to our neighbors to the south. So I really I just liked that it was others centric. And that there was kind of, I could understand why you're doing it. It's not just, oh, so that you can become fluent, which is really difficult to become fluent just in your house. So no, no, no. You're not trying to become fluent. You're just trying to get a familiarity. You're trying to be able to be polite to someone you might see at the grocery store or just even in your neighborhood so that you can converse with someone and make them feel loved. Yeah, this used to be such an obvious part of the, uh, as Gatto says, upper crust, British upper crust education, that the biographies of Churchill, which was not that long ago, I mean, he was educated in the late 19th century, 1876 or 1874 through, uh, through 1900. Uh, and Churchill was legendary for his French being terrible to the point to where, like, it was a joke because it was just expected that British aristocracy, they were educated in French and Latin, and it's like you should be able to speak French, and you would go holiday in France, and you're expected to go live there with, you know, almost like a, like a foreign exchange student situation. Um, and, and his parents actually sent him to France over Christmas break as a, as a discipline and a punishment for getting such poor grades uh, in high school. And uh, he wrote a bunch of letters whining to his parents trying to ask him that he's been a good boy and to beg him to take him back. And his, but through his whole life, it's just like the, com- the biographers continually talk about how terrible his French is. Um, but that was an anomaly. And so it just it makes a point. I really love going back to like what people did. Yeah. Back before the great degradation of educational standards. You're talking about post-Industrial Revolution America. Yeah. Yeah. So do we have anything else on no, choosing I mean, your philosophy? You know, when I, if you remember from the first episode, you know, I first read John Taylor Gatto. That got me questioning the idea. And then, but my first idea around curriculum and philosophy was through John Holt, who's kind of the leader of the unschooling movement. So feel free to read, you know, John Holt, uh, Charlotte Mason, some of the, the authors who laid down the concrete uh, 
bedrocks of what these different philosophies are, and something's going to ring for you. Something's going to feel like that's where you want to go. Yeah, there's a really good book by Stratford Caldecott, Beauty in the Word. It is a fabulous book. It actually talks about the intersection between Charlotte Mason and John Holt. And then it um, also kind of speaks to some different philosophies. I think that book is really good to pick up. I think When Children Love to Learn is really helpful. Charlotte Mason's book six, Toward a Philosophy of Education, is really a good book to start with. And then Educating the Wholehearted Child by Clay Clarkson, Sally Clarkson's husband, is a really, really good resource for kind of how to get started. They have some page, I don't know, sections in there about the different educational philosophies that are out there. They define them. They kind of explain kind of the underpinning ideas and kind of where also those ideas came from, which I think is really important to know when you're looking at a philosophy, because if you understand where it's coming from, just like when you're going to be picking curriculum later, then you can either dismiss it and say, well, I don't like the roots of this philosophy or this curriculum because I know where that came from. I don't like where it's headed. Or you can say, oh, well, I agree. I align with this philosophy. And yes, this is taking me where I want to go. So just having those filters is really important. And when your children are young, that is the time to start researching and really just spending a lot of time reading. I heard from a lot of our peers that reading is really difficult to do in the season of motherhood or fatherhood. And I just think it's really difficult to be educating your child and not be learning and educating yourself at the same time. What so does that mean when you say reading is difficult in the time of motherhood or fatherhood? At first I like thought you'd personal like personal like reading for pleasure or reading for learning. Like, you know, reading a novel or, you know, like right now I'm reading um, Digital Minimalism. Just when do I read that? Well, I get insomnia. So mm -hmm. sometimes I read in the middle of the night for three hours at a time. Mm -hmm. But usually it's 30 minutes right before bed or mm -hmm. 30 minutes in the middle of the day when the kids are resting. Mm -hmm. So I just know that it's possible to sit down and read a book and not just Google search on the internet and just read articles. It is very different. It's a very different experience to read a book cover to cover and get a full understanding of someone's ideas because they do, it's outlined, bullet pointed, and goes more deeply into those ideas. When you're reading about a philosophy or information on the internet, that should just be the introduction or the dipping your toe in the water, so to speak. Picking up a book um, is just really important in order to get a full picture of the, the, uh, the ideas. Anything else? Question two. Question two.
which is how to get a homeschool community linked to question one. It seems to me that the community comes out of the educational philosophy. If you're hanging out with friends who are unschoolers and you are a classical educator and you're really excited about reading great books or listening to composers or doing Shakespeare with your children or whatever and your friend is like just letting their kids play in the dirt all day not that you can't be friends with them it's just difficult to find ways to uh, be in community together specifically for the purpose of homeschooling what I found is my friends who homeschool the way that we do come become my co-workers they are my comrades I can call them and we can talk shop or we get together and go over our lesson plans for the year or we collaborate in different ways like you would a co-worker and that to me has increased my quality of life and it's also helped increase I think the quality of our homeschool if I may yes the reason you say to find a community around the philosophy of education that's a home that homeschooler has chosen to pursue is because there are lots of questions that come up and I see lots of homeschooling mothers with lots of insecurities about what they're doing, how they're doing it, you know, their kids pace, I'm struggling with this, I'm looking for, so I think it is very important to have a community. Much of that community can be online because a lot of it is simply asking questions and reading Q&As. And so I would tell people to just search for the philosophy of education that they have and their town to search in Facebook for Facebook groups that, you know, there are Charlotte Mason Facebook groups, there are unschooling Facebook groups, there are all these different things. You can also get in there and it will if you're ahead of the game and you're not started the educational journey of your kids yet, you can get in there and see what are these people like, what are they talking about, what are the challenges that they're running into, and kind of figure out where the lay of the land is there. Locally, with friends that you might make in person for yourself and for your kids, I think the opportunity, if they don't share the specific homeschooling or educational philosophy that you do, that's a time to take advantage of the fact that your schedules may be more flexible than what someone who's going to school, their kids are, right? I mean, you have time during the day that you can get together uh, just for play dates, uh, to go you know, hiking around on parks, those, those types of things. I think sometimes it can be interesting because homeschoolers because you've intentionally chosen something that is very much in the minority, you know, less than 4% of students are homeschooled apparently, and you're kind of doing it do it yourself, people tend to be very uh, passionate about the choices that they ended up making, you know, and they, they think this is definitely the way to go is, you know, Charlotte Mason or unschoolers alike. Boy, if you're not unschooling, you know, yeah, what it's are you crazy. Doing? Yeah. So there can be some times where 
there's not necessarily conflict, but there's just someone says something and you just go, oh, and I'm just going to bite my tongue because I don't want to get into it. Right. It doesn't really matter, but it is interesting that those kind of little points of conflict can come up when really we should just be emphasizing, hey, we're getting together so our kids can hang out and meet some different ki- people and have this experience that might not be you know, educationally supportive versus people who share your philosophy. You have nuts and bolts questions to ask about, you know, I've got a kid that's struggling with reading. What are, you know, so, you know, what resources are out there? A big part of getting into those online forums is finding out what you don't know about, you know, resources you've never heard of. That's, that's what I use those for a lot. Facebook yeah. groups are amazing. So it just really depends on the city that you live in and how vibrant the homeschool community is there. You know, we've now lived in three different communities um, and experienced homeschooling in them. And I have to say, when when there weren't as many people doing homeschooling the way I was doing it, it was much harder. However, in that instance, I really only needed one good friend who could, you know, it, it was almost like I had a friend that was homeschooling a little bit similarly, but not all the way, but just could be a bit of a heart friend. And then I had another friend through church that we could, you know, our kids could hang out and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I think we have this idea that we want this huge, vibrant community when the reality is it usually just looks like I just need a friend for myself to have a support and I need my kids to have some friends that you know it's that are healthy relationships and not just any old kid just works well together and usually you can find that through your church if you go to church absolutely thanks for the questions to our listener if you have any questions you want us to tackle please let us know Thanks for listening to Homeschool Parents Podcast with Kevin and Joy. If you enjoyed today's episode, could you please leave us a review in iTunes? Until next time, keep building up your family.